Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Align with Lina. Here we are. The very first Align with Lina is taking place today. So today, August the 7th of 2017. And the reason I've decided to create this show, Align with Lina, is because years ago, I used to have a call-in conference call um, where people would join me on the phone and we would talk about life experiences and I would share tips and tools about the spiritual journey. And one of the amazing things that, that I think there are so many people that are, you know, you know what? Somebody is asking me if there's audio. Let me, Bill, can you hear me? Bill. Bill, can you hear? So I've got somebody on here that they may not be able to hear me. Hey, Sandra, I see that you're on. Can you hear the, uh, the event? Can you hear me talking? Can somebody just let me know if you can hear me speaking? Because I see some folks are on, but I get a comment about no audio. <sighs> I want to make sure you can hear me. All right, so you can hear me, Sandra. Excellent. So this align with line because I wanted to help people understand, and it became very clear that we are in the midst of an incredible uh, shift in consciousness. People are waking up. This has been going on for a very long time. Now, I don't want to get into the details of how I, I have come to understand that there is a shift in consciousness happening because the gift that has been given to me through my own spiritual awakening, which started 15 years ago this month, um, is that I have come to understand the way that we have blocked our magnificence, the way that we have fallen asleep. So what is super easy for me is helping people wake up by understanding the mechanics of how our ego got created. So you're gonna hear me talk about certain elements, for example, ego, what is ego? Then the beliefs that we hold that block our truth. It's contrary to what is my truth when I am awake, that is what ego is all about. So the journey in essence is a peeling back of the layers, peeling back of the beliefs, letting go of a, a way of thinking that is not true to us. And the best way for me to share what that looks like is through examples. So I am gonna dedicate all of my Align with Line events to having an interview with somebody who is an ordinary person who has gone through their own awakening. And I call it an extraordinary awakening because it requires an incredible amount of courage to go and the reason is really silly put your uh, reasoning cap because if the ego is the beliefs that are not true about us and that has caused us to live in the world asleep, in an illusion, unaware, then then it must be the reverse process that creates the experience of awakening. So we have to question all of the beliefs that we thought were true so that we can see how they are not true 
and that is what allows us to experience what is awakening. Now, awakening to me goes through many phases. Specifically, it starts with curiosity. You got to want to know what else is out there. What else besides what I believe to be true, so a process of questioning your, everything that you know, but then begins the process of choosing the truth. And when you're used to, to the truth of who we are, it requires practice. It's, it's no different. We're exercising an awakened muscle, an awareness muscle, a truth muscle. So we're going to have to practice it over and over and over again. I have found that hearing other people's stories makes my understanding of the journey a lot smoother, a lot simpler. So I have today a wonderful, wonderful guest. She is a phenomenal woman. She is my friend. Her name is Natalia Berdowski. She has been on her journey for quite a while now. She's enough to come on board. Now, I do want to let you know that it takes a lot of courage to share. And I love sharing my life because part of the process of awakening is, is a releasing of secrets, a not having anything about myself that I wouldn't want to share. Because to be awake is really to be transparent. It's a return to the essence of who we are before we make up definitions, ideas that cause us to believe that there's something right or wrong about us. So for me, being totally transparent is natural now. But the guests that I'm going to be bringing on board, not all of them have been able to share their story on such a big format like this one, an open forum like Facebook Live. So I do commend her courage for being willing to not only be my first guest, but at the same to come out here and, and allow herself to have a dialogue. So without further ado, I want to bring my friend Natalia, and I am learning this Facebook Live program through a platform called Be Live. So let me see if I can bring her on board. Natalia, there you are. Beautiful Natalia. Here I Thank am. You. Hello, Lina. I love you. Hello, my wonderful Facebook friends and Lina's friends. Lina's <laughs> friends are my friends. Yes, we're all friends. Absolutely. No doubt about that. So, Natalia, first of all, thank you so much for being a part of this. And as I was saying to the audience, it takes a lot, a lot of courage. And I remember you telling me you were a little bit nervous about coming out here and putting your story there. A lot of nerves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous what I could say on live camera. You're fine. So the best way to do this is just follow my cue. And you do not have to answer anything that you feel uncomfortable answering. It is absolutely perfectly okay. So I've known you for a very long time. So we will be able to move through various questions and it's going to be okay. All you need to do is just stay there, relaxed and open, and align with me in the intention that what we're sharing is going to touch at least one person, that somebody out there needs to hear what's going to come out out of this conversation, and it's going to make a difference. Because align with Lina means, and the truth of who we are is the same for everybody, how we come to that truth is what is different. 
So the purpose of having so many different guests is going to be to show all of the many ways that we all come to know the one truth that is true always. And that is every single one of us is the essence of the creator, regardless of what we call this energy, creative source of all that is, you and I are expressions of it. When we align with that truth, we are authentically ourselves. When we don't align with the truth, then we are living from our ego. We're operating inside of the limiting beliefs about who we think we are. So let's just get started now that, that we are um, got past the introductions. So tell me, go back into your life. When did you begin to feel that there was something more to life than what you have been taught was real. Let's start there. Uh, I can't think. I always, always felt like there's something else. Like the, as a child, all children do not like rules. It doesn't feel natural to them. And, um, and probably more like in teenage years, I started to question everything and uh, just the the way the society is and everything didn't feel right to me. It didn't feel good to me. And in Russia, growing up uh, without religion, because when I was growing up, the religion was underground. I mean, people were not prosecuted for their religious beliefs but being a good active member of society and pioneer and and comsomol and all those child and teenage organizations you were uh atheist you didn't believe in god you didn't believe in i remember laughing at my grandmother when she she was very religious and she was going to church um every day and praying every day and I was laughing at her like oh what do you think like oh you believe in God what do you think there's an old man on the cloud with the beard sitting and watching everybody I was preteen then that cocky and she she wouldn't uh, argue with me she was just like you don't understand she was like it's okay because she knew I I don't yeah and So you were questioning the rules and the regulations and even doubting your grandmother's practice of connecting to something outside of herself, yeah. um, something greater than herself. So take me through what what were some of the rules that you were being taught that you were questioning? Uh, first thing comes to mind, um, growing up in USSR, uh, behind the Iron Curtain, it seemed very strange to me. I remember I, I was a child then and I was asking, I don't understand how how is it happening? We all getting born on this earth, just just children. Who who decides what do I do? Where's the government come from? Why somebody decides and telling me where I can go, where I can't go, why I can't go across the border, why um, I can't live in a different country and things like this. It was very strange to me. So you, you were already becoming very curious about the limitations that were being set on, on the people of, of Russia. 
remember. So, so let me ask you then, how were you able then to take on the, the, the rules and regulations to follow them? If question, did you follow the rules or did you stay a, uh, basically saying no to the rules? I want to understand what happened to you from the time that you were curious until you began to enter your spiritual awakening again, which happened later on in life when you began to really uh, go into the questioning of your beliefs. So I want to know that that space from you being a curious child until you really began to, to delve into your spirituality. Did you begin to follow the rules or were you a rule breaker during that period? Yeah. And uh, um, as with many people, probably something unpleasant. Um, um, in my case, tragedy, tragedy for my personal life. It was a tragedy that woke me up. And um, I think from the young age, I, I, I haven't been in other people's skin. I can't tell it. But I was. I only want your story, so that. Yeah, that I, uh, I, I, I've been very sensitive to everything, to um, people being um, mean and whatever, untruthful, uh, being betraying. It's really hurt me uh, a lot, and I was really open child. I. I felt like loving everybody, trusting everybody. And when people betraying my trust, it's really hurt me. And uh, um, little by little, episode by episode, it's starting to collect on my soul. And uh, when when I was about 20, I and we, we all uh, let me let me say that just you. Uh, yeah, and uh, I was, uh, <laughs> probably like everybody, I was searching for love. I did feel um, unloved, un, um, unaccepted, and uh, uh, kind of alone. And uh, I was, despite me having friends, despite me having a good family, um, I was feeling alone and unloved and unaccepted and I was looking for that someone who will give it to me and so as luck will have it I've met an uh, extraordinary man and I fell in love and in a few short months we set up a wedding and I was over the moon he was uh, he was he was a god to me <laughs> looking back from uh, later years and knowing what I know I, I understood that that's was <laughs> that was very wrong, making an idol a god out of a person. And um, so... But at, that time, but at that time, you did not know that. So walk no, me through this. I, I was were... happy that finally I am in a union. Finally, I feel secure. I feel loved, accepted, and safe. Yeah. So, so here you are, you, you find this man, you fall in love. And now, now 
life probably was perfect for you. You have the uh, love of your life. Was, life was absolutely perfect, yes. And, uh, and then? So then, mm -hmm. so take me forward. For, and now life is perfect. Now I want you to walk me forward just around that time. Mm -hmm. Describe what made life so perfect for you at that time. The way uh, now I would say the way I felt, I didn't feel alone. I felt loved and adored. I felt special. I felt uh, the one and only. I felt uh, safe and secure. I didn't feel alone. I felt like I'm not separated from everybody else. I am in a union with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so this man begins to be the source that you are believing of your safe. Yes. Of your, so, and, and we all do that. We all, that's part of the illusion. That is part of what we're waking up from is that somebody else is the source of our happiness, of our joy. So when did that did that illusion, when did that story begin to fall apart for you? Because here you have this man and now you're creating an identity about you being safe and secured and adored. So now what, how old, how many more years before that begins to create um, uh, discomfort, be before you begin to feel there's something off here? Oh, it's happened very quickly because we uh uh, planned our wedding for August, like I don't remember, late, late August, and in May um, he decided to go. Uh, my fiance decided to go to America because he wasn't. Um, he wanted something more, and uh, he. Uh, so he went to America with that student exchange program for just summer summer work time and he's like oh i'll be back and i'll make money to start our life together i'll be back for the wedding and he wasn't back for the wedding but we were playing small wedding he's like do you know it's all going so well i would rather you come here it's so wonderful i'm making money and it was really difficult time in russia um before that it was the early 90s um Everybody, there were very little private-owned businesses, practically none. Everything was owned by government, and government was in ruins, and so nobody get paid. I remember time when I didn't get paycheck for six months, and wow. that's that was another story. But so uh, I I completely understood that uh, decision of my fiance. I mean, he didn't decide. He asked me. He said. He, he said, would you rather come and join me here? I was like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so he didn't come back in August. And yes, he didn't come back. And then did you come to the U.S. at that time? I didn't. And whole year of getting a visa and all this and just being apart from him, it was a total hell. Yeah. It's like being, you know, disconnected from the air every second was torture and i was living only waiting for his call or letter and uh long story short year later in may 
or something. Uh, I didn't get a visa, American visa. So American government didn't allow me the entry into the country. And I knew that was over. And the moment I walked out of the American embassy, I felt that life is over for me. And uh, I was seriously contemplating like going and falling under the passing car because I felt that we won't be together. And so after that, all my hopes and dreams, they all bottling up and collecting in me for a year. It's all crushed. And uh, it was absolutely terrifying. And I was still hoping for, so the next few years were total hell emotionally. And then I was starting to look for something else. I was 22 at that time when it happened. So um, I, after some times I realized I, I have, I have to start living again. And um, then I started to look for, for help, for, for the solutions. And is that when you began to enter into what you would call your spiritual journey, where you began to become aware? Yes. And I don't remember exactly what brought it. I I guess maybe all that still um, Christian, um, even I didn't believe in God, my grandmother, who I spent, whose house I spent three months, all the summer vacation from school and teenage years so I heard her and then later I started to be more accepting of the Christian beliefs and we we still all knew like oh you're doing something wrong God will punish you and of course I had a lot of thoughts what did I do why the God punishing me what did I deserve Um, like all kinds of things and and at that time probably I got um I got I came across of a Louise Hay book. It was actually not even book but little brochure and um it was the first book that uh, introduced me to the principles that we are deciding our how we feel or what we think. Maybe not how we feel but what we feel comes what we think. So, so first, yeah. I came about this concept. Yeah, that must have been pretty, pretty uh, radical. Yeah, keep. it was extremely liberating. I was like, oh, this was yes. So t- let's, let's start there. So here, because everybody has a moment that is a defining moment when the awakening begins to happen. And the awakening is really... We begin to look at things differently. As A Course in Miracles says, we begin to shift our perception. So up until that point, you are experiencing um, the contrast of the love of your life, feeling so safe and granted a visa. It's like the love of your life, everything ends. So it's almost as if you have no control over the feelings and emotions that are happening inside of you. Mm -hmm. the world is doing this to you because the man that you love left, The then the government is not going to let you go join him. 
So let's start with that Louise Hay book. What were some of the things that were profoundly shifting for you that had you begin to look at things differently so that you can begin to regain your power from feeling like at some level, you know, you wanted to commit suicide, which is like feeling victimized because what you wanted was taken from you. What began to shift inside of you as you are reading or hearing this information for the first time that your thoughts, your feelings, all of that is happening all over it? Um, first of all, um, I feel, um, I feel liber liberated, but um, hope, I felt hope. That's the very big thing. And I felt like it's not over. There is something else. And uh, it's, it was just something specific hope in what, what was not over for you? The, the happiness, the chance of being happy, the chance joy and love and uh, peace, emotional peace. It's, it's, it's may come back. So now, now that you've got that hope and you know that, it, that this love, this peace, this emotional happiness can come back. Now walk me from there forward. And so basically till now, what are some of the things that you have discovered as you began to realize that you have more power inside of you to be able to affect your happiness? Take me through the steps that you have been going through that has helped you understand that happiness is not subject to the things outside of you, to changes in circumstances. How have you developed that level of, of confidence in happiness being inside of you over all these years? I know it's many, many years, um, but give me a sense of what has allowed you to stay grounded in that. And I know we pull out of that. Mm-hmm many times, but things that you have discovered getting grounded in the truth that, that you don't have to give up hope uh, about happiness. It's always available to you. Yes. And um, um, I grew up uh, knowing the things that are certain. Um, and uh, one of the things that happiness and uh, oh, love and approval, it comes from the outside. Your parents, your friends, your family, your friends, the, they love you, they approve of you, they're giving you prizes in the competitions, they name you the smartest, the prettiest, the most successful, and yeah. then you are. And when it's not happening, you're in a, in a dark hole, feeling like you're nobody, like you're undeserving, you're stupid you're ugly you're unsuccessful and after reading louis hayes book and at that time i um, read um, um, jonathan livingstone uh the seagull by richard bach and his other reluctant messiah that book became my bible <laughs> because it has all the chapters of the lessons messiah was given and so I was outlining those lessons and lessons saying that we are creating our reality. And uh, 
and it's felt right to me. And yeah. I remember I I went to uh, some energy healing workshop. It probably was I don't remember which came first, Louis Hay or that energy the healing workshop and i was introduced to principles how energy work when we closing up and trying to be conservative we it's less energy and we distance ourselves from people and yeah. and if they offended you did something so you have to retreat and that's not good for you you cut in your own uh, energy supply and you yeah yes. and there's less chance when you closed up and hiding that you can reconnect with those people and understand what's going on. And everything I heard, it didn't seem like, oh my God, such an uh, foreign new information. It's felt to me like, right. Oh my God, it makes sense. And it's felt to me like I was remembering it. Like I knew it, but nobody... Nobody I knew taught me it. Nobody I heard uh, had those concepts in life. So, um, and it later, is. all what I'm talking about, and, and later I found out that, oh my God, we do know everything. <laughs> and we do have the knowledge. When you were, when you were younger, mm -hmm. you were experiencing a questioning of things because something inside of you was aware. All of us are born with this knowing of truth. I mean, it's just who we are because we are the essence of truth itself. Mm -hmm. As you said earlier, as a little child, you were questioning these things. But then you began to get conditioned as society does. So you meet a man and you fall in love. And of course, that's your source of happiness. And when you can't meet with him, there goes your happiness. And then you yep. find a little Facebook, you get, you do the energy work. And yes, we are energy beings. And we, when we contract, we literally pull back our life force. We, we become suppressed, depressed, repressed. Then, then tell, take me to, um, you begin to realize that you're remembering your truth. And, and yes, that, that book, Jonathan Livingston Siegel is beautiful. I remember seeing that movie when I was a child going, wow, that is who I really am. And I was, it, I was a small child also. Um, and then you ended up coming to America and here you are. Let's talk about for the last half part of this, this time, let's talk, understand the truth of who you are. That you, that you are the source of your happiness, that you are the source of your joy, that it's inside of you, not outside of you. How has that shaped your life? Now you ended up coming here, you're a mother, you're a wife, um, you've got grown children, your baby is, uh, is, is 17. In, now in high school. So tell me about what are some of the things that have happened in your life as a result of you having the awareness that you're always, always connected to your happiness or not internally, nothing outside of you does it to you. Uh, first of all, um, I would say a little bit about how 
<laughs> my journey to America started. So apparently I never left the hope come to America and uh, uh, find my fiance. And uh, he was, uh, <clears throat> and that's, that's, um, I feel like that's why we, we met so i would be drawn to come to this country and uh, met the teachers like like you like lina like rika zimmerman my another beloved teacher and uh, but prior to coming here from country that was in uh, deep economic depression and people didn't have hope at that time uh and at the time 30 more years ago um for for women it the goal was get married and have a family have children then you are a successful woman and so all of my relatives they were trying to <laughs> find the suitor for me <laughs> and they were very upset that i was spending all my money on seminars and books trying was to do better <laughs> Yeah, they're like, oh my God, you should have bought dye your hair, or you should have buy a new dress, or something, and you know, look for for the for the man who'll make you happy, and look yeah. what are you doing? You're 25 years old, and you doing all those seminars, spending your money there, and uh, but uh, we're on the path. I had a vision. I had a vision the way I want to live, and. Um, and then it came true, like practically word to word. And when I and when when it's all happened, everybody was amazed. They're like, "Oh my God! Now we believe in dreaming. Now we believe in visioning because you proved to us." And um, and uh, I felt when it's all happened to me when I did uh, meet a wonderful man, much more amazing than I was expecting and got married and had a child it was it was a dream but it's all happened when uh, uh, I got a line inside I met that person who loves and accepts me who makes me not feel alone who always supports me and it wasn't my future husband it was me like when Richard Bach's book said, if you want to meet person who has answers to all the questions, who will never leave you, who will support you and blah, blah, blah. Um, that's the only one person in the world. Look, look in the mirror. And that's what happened. And it's, it was amazing period in my life. And when I was aligned with the, with love, with joy, with happiness, I, I got a visa to America like like this, and I didn't have money. I didn't want to go, but my friend uh, talked me into it. I I decided that I had enough searching. I'll stay home, and I'll paint. I'll do whatever. I'll find I'll find people. I'll find friends. I'll find a way to get along with my mom living in the same apartment with her, and it's all changed when I became happy. Uh, where I was and so yeah. I came to America and I felt like I knew all the life secrets and I was 
so amazing and wonderful. And yeah. one of the things hopefully the new challenges me, happen. Let, let me take a second to highlight something here because you at a very young age began to realize that there's more to you than being a fiance or getting married that your true happiness. Sure, it's wonderful to have those partnerships. But at a young age, you began to question things. You began to, to uh, go on a journey of self-awareness. And as you became more self-aware, like you said, you began to align with the truth in you. And then, of course, when we align with the truth in ourselves and we pay attention synchronistically, there is a movement that is connecting us. As you okay. said, you knew you wanted to come to America, but maybe that first uh, fiance was just the one who planted the seed about America so that at the right time, appropriate yep. for you, you could actually come to America. And then you came with a level of awareness that had you be more, more confident about who you are and the love that you are, the confident self that you are, bringing that out into the world. So, now, with that awareness, as, as has been my experience, you have that self-awareness and then you meet a man and then you have a family. What happened to your self-awareness when life began to happen, when you had children and you got busy in the day-to-day -day life? Tell me, how aware were you as you now are becoming a parent? And now you're teaching your child how to live by the rules uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. Life is a mother who is aware, and now all of a sudden, you have to participate in the, the yeah. programming of your children. When you become comfortable, uh, you will get invited. <laughs> and uh, if you're not going willingly, get uh, drugged, screaming, and kicking and screaming into a new level, <laughs> into a new expansion. So... Uh, my first child, my son, uh, was born very uh, unagreeable with social <laughs> rules and standards, as you know. And it was really difficult time at home. Uh, I, I, I could deal with him, him running around in a restaurant. I was like, he's a child. That's normal. And, and here it's uh, people... <laughs> more understanding of children like this but in russia now in russia uh at that time when i was growing up children have to be uh seen not heard and probably better not seen <laughs> and uh but uh starting from whatever daycare from mother's day uh out uh when he was three four and went to the <clears throat> In those uh, places first it's it was very difficult and uh, it was very difficult for me to see the child who just wants to be free and happy not wants to be by a little soul who is free and happy and doesn't understand those rules and not being malicious being punished in um just uh, yeah and uh, so it was difficult for me, but I didn't know how to deal with him because he like rules wouldn't apply with him. I couldn't, I couldn't work. All the the thing in my mind was all you need is love, but 
what love for me is still the understanding what love is still very warped in my in my mind yeah and um yeah that's a a very good point that you're making because when we are unaware love is warped in our mind because love is very conditional yeah so what were some of the things that you realized were conditions that you were give me a couple of examples if you can remember or even your daughter conditions that were placed on them to be able to receive your love or to feel loved by society mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, okay would you repeat your question please you're a little okay. bit going that's all right so what were some of the conditions you know the warped idea that we have about love is conditional love mm-hmm. some of the conditions that you still had even though you were becoming self-aware as a parent and wanting to to fit into society around you and the, the people in your community and around the school what are some of the conditions that you have placed on your children mm-hmm. uh, for them to feel loved by you um First of all, for me, growing up, when I was starving for a love and acceptance, and uh, that's I still wanted it from the society, from the friends, and from the neighbors, craving even, and because I was still not giving it uh, to myself. And uh, uh, I remember how painful it was, and I. I still felt how painful it was and I didn't want uh, my child to be ostracized or not accepted. So I was very upset that the kid couldn't follow the rules. Why wouldn't you just listen what teachers say? Why wouldn't you just say, yes, ma'am? Why wouldn't you just shut up and do what you ask? And he, he wouldn't agree that there were no authorities for him. Yes. And, um, so he has something inside of him wanting to, that is his own authority. And clearly, even though we realize this is why the journey of awakening is, it takes such a long time because you had realized that happiness was inside of you. But then when we become parents, we really want our children to have a happy life. And we think that they will be happier if they follow the rules because then they won't get in trouble. So here you are. Then they'll be loved and accepted. Exactly. Exactly. Then they'll be loved and accepted. And and I know your children and they didn't. Your son decided not to follow the rules. And here he is headed off to college um, this fall. So tell me, what was it like for you as, as on your own spiritual journey over years? coming to terms with that you are the source of your own happiness and at the same time watching your children learn to work in society because, you know, yes. just because we're awake doesn't mean that we're not. Um, how, how did you balance listening to source inside of you and teaching your children to be individuals and at the same time to participate in society? Uh, mom, as uh, 
<laughs> is with everything and you know in the beginning of your spiritual journey you just want to okay you got new set of rules but you still uh, uh, being forceful with them so I was shoving down the throat of my children and Wayne Dyer and everything and all this that's your wrong. This is right. And do 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 and da da da. So that pretty soon they couldn't hear any smart advice from me. They're like blah 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 blah. I'm not listening. So <laughs> so um, my idea of changing the outside world so I'll be comfortable, so everybody will behave uh, uh, appropriately for me feeling the peace of mind um it didn't happen anyway so i was turned back to myself to change myself to work on myself to change my perception to um accept that uh, i can't uh, control life of other people even life of my children yeah Controlling my own life or even my thoughts and feelings was a huge challenge. <laughs> yes, let's let's talk about you, just you now. And you know going through the spiritual journey. I can hear your sweet little puppy there. She is like behind two doors. He's so loud. <laughs> yes, he wants to be part of it all. Um, so let's talk about your own personal spiritual journey. Because this is the part that is really helpful to others to understand that we're not alone. We're not the only ones going through the same thing. So share, without going into a whole lot of detail, but just generally share, what are some of the most uncomfortable aspects of the journey that you had to go through? Things that were really uncomfortable for you. Um, oh my God. Definitely the... Um, seeing my own shadow because we all um, holding the outside world responsible for everything that happens to us seeing how I participated in pain and suffering that I was feeling that how I myself created it actively or inactively Say a little bit more about that I'm sorry Give me some examples of how you uh, participated in, in, in creating some of that, your own suffering. Um, I had a like, long conflict with the family member, and I was so hurt by their behavior. Uh, and uh, I, I just couldn't forgive them. And then um, it's escalated to the point when we, uh, at some point, we had to live together for a couple of weeks. It's escalated to the point when I was not even 40 years old yet, and my blood pressure was uh, skyrocketing uh, to like 200 and over. And then I realized that oh my God, it's not them, it's me. I have, I, I don't care what they did, but 
I have to take care of myself in order to save my life. I have to forgive them. And at about that time I met you and, uh, it's, um, it's, and it's not, um, your teachings because I didn't hear your teachings much, but how you handle situation with your children, with your daughter trying to commit suicide and how you handled it. I was, because it was very difficult for me to go through the some kind of personal pain and seeing that it's it's possible that um, my life didn't have to end that it didn't end when the love of my life uh, was gone and love of my life at that time <laughs> that understanding and uh, I remember, and you probably remember my first time when I came to that uh, healing circle at the church when I got up and we were talking about that situation and we were talking a long time and I wouldn't bulge. And then you said, just, just sit down. Obviously, your ego doesn't let you to see the situation clearly. And I was like... <laughs> those people are wrong and in my mind was forgiving them saying uh, approving of what they've done i was like oh it's okay then oh i forgive you like it's okay what you did is fine but then i realized that uh, it's 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 not approving them it's just uh, i'm the one who is killing myself with that um i don't want to say hate but uh what is that? Unpleasant feelings, blame. Yeah, exactly. That blame is a righteousness. Yeah. It's, it's where we are deciding that whatever somebody did should not have happened. And that is we are of our suffering is that we want to hold somebody else responsible for what we're doing to ourselves internally. And I do. I remember that day when you came to that first event and I did tell you, uh, yeah, your ego's not ready. And it, it, it's always fascinating to watch somebody the first time that they hear that because it's really, it feels very offensive to that to that individual sense of self. What do you mean I can't handle it? Um, what do you mean I don't want to let go of this? But you were... You no, were I didn't. I was holding on to my suffering. You did. But you eventually, you eventually, part of your courage is that you eventually wanted to hear, you eventually wanted to see, and it began the process of dissolving. So talk about that transformation from, even though you had all this spiritual awareness, you know, your mind had information about what spirituality looks like, but still inside of that, there was this righteousness and this judgment towards your relative. What finally, let, how do you let go of that righteousness so that you could beginning of letting you um let go of that suffering for you uh first of all few things uh first of all few things <laughs> but um first of all understanding that uh, person does the best they can do at their level of consciousness and their level of seeing the situation and their level of understanding the situation and perceiving perceiving it like you were saying it's I love that example that if we see something we see it only from one point of view and maybe 
that's what the person saw. And I saw the cute cat with the hearts. And somebody saw yellow cat with the hearts. And we could fight which color is the, uh, the cat. And we're always looking from only one point of view and understanding there is uh, many different points of view. And it's not only one possibility. It was definitely... Um, it was that's what helped me and second that looking for the lesson in that situation or what did it teach me what qualities that um um it's cultivated in me who i became through this it was very important to me that was very important yeah what was what was one of the lessons yourself? You were breaking up. I can't hear. Just a second. I think my maybe my telephone is the church is going down. Okay, say it again, please, Lena. So, what was something that you discovered? A lesson that you discovered about yourself as you went through that inquiry process. Mm-hmm. As you began to see that other person as a teacher. Yes. What I discovered about <laughs> myself, uh, myself, I got to see my shadows that I was demanding. <clears throat> uh, I was uh, in the victim role. I was um, still very much depending on the outside world, the judge, judging who, <clears throat> who I am. and. Um, and then uh, what I discovered that actually it all depends on me, the way the power in my hands, the way I see the situation. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a full responsibility for how we perceive things is liberating. Absolutely. At the same time, it's, it's very scary because now it's all up to you. It's all up to me. And all the power is here. So that's of awakening is that there's nobody else to blame. But in the world, we're so used to having somebody else uh, take responsibility for things, having them be the ones who are the source of our happiness. And misery. So it is a it's a powerful, powerful process. So listen, let me wrap up here. But tell me, you're saying that you're, you know, you your grandmother had a relationship with God. So now that you have been on your journey for quite a while, and I know how much you you are committed to, to freeing yourself, to be the authentic self that you really are, tell me a little bit about what have you come to discover about, no matter what you call it, God, source, spirit, the the source of all that is, that that. Um, your relationship with it now and how would you describe it yes <clears throat> that's uh, so little time for the most exciting part <laughs> through the um, through the my uh, partic uh, participating in the, my coaching program with Rika Zimmerman and studying with you Lina and uh, especially studying the course in miracles and the course on love uh, of love 
that's another things that felt very organic that I realized that we are always connected to the source. We're never alone. We're never disapproved. And we're never unloved. And that's what my search was all alone. And now even the life conditions wouldn't change or people in my life wouldn't change. I, it, it doesn't matter. I, I feel love. I feel connection. I know I can never be alone. It doesn't, I, I'm not saying that there is no challenging situations or emotions comes up. It still comes up. But I, uh, now I know, I know what it is. And uh, that it's, it's wonderful. I have a peace in my heart now. So talk a little bit about how do you cultivate that, that experience? How do you maintain that fresh uh, at all times? Because the world has so many distractions. How Definitely, uh, you have to have a daily uh, spiritual practice. If people, uh, I'm reading, the, I'm doing meditations. I'm, I'm reading the Course in Miracles and Course in Love. Uh, we have our weekly classes. That was tremendous, tremendous help for me and support was of uh, like-minded people, and. Uh, <clears throat> Me sharing my knowledge with my friends, uh, with the couple of clients I have as a as a coach, it's 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 helping you because our brain comes back to the old programming. So you have to remember you you making a choice like you teaching. You have and actually, do you know the Christian religion? They teaching you have a one voice on one side and one voice on another side you choose who to listen it's it's yeah so every every moment every day you make a choice am i choosing believe uh i am good and uh god is good and we're connected or i'm choosing believe that people are evil and somebody does something to me and i'm weak and i'm alone that's comes back to it. Remembering who we are. We're angels living on earth. Yes, we are. And, you know, here we are um, at the completion of this, this time together. So I want to thank you for your willingness to come in and um, be with me and, and share your wisdom and share your time and share your story because it does. We help one another when we're willing to share, to be open, to express what's going on in our lives. And it, it really, truly is amazing that I get to be with you in several of my study groups. Like you said, A Course in Miracles um, that I do on Tuesday nights in, in Marietta at Unity North. And then you're also part of the Wednesday nights uh, where we study A Course of Love, which is also channeled by Jesus. And it's like a continuation to a course of love is a very practical how all of this um how do we really put into practice this spiritual awakening what does that look like it's a beautiful process that jesus takes us on a beautiful journey so i want to thank everybody who uh, joined us today who whether you were with us for a few minutes or the entire hour 
I am going to be doing these every Monday at 12 o'clock uh, noon Eastern Standard Time. And I've got several clients um, of mine because I am a life coach, as well as other people that are friends of mine that have gone through a spiritual awakening next week on August the 14th. I'm going to have hope and the week after that on Monday, the 21st, I'm going to have means Davis and means is not only a friend of mine, but he's also a business coach. So with both of them and with everybody else that I'm going to be interviewing, we're going to be talking about what, what does it look like in our life to be awake, to go through this process of letting go of our small sense of self? It is a journey of incredible courage. Um, all of the stories will be different because all the people will be different. But I also would love for you to send me a message, whether you do it via uh, Facebook or send me an email to lina at linaorlando.com. And tell me, what are some subjects that you would like for us to discuss in these uh, Align with Lina Hour every week? Or maybe you've got some suggestions of somebody you would like for me to interview. And I would love to hear from you. If you want to know more about my work, go to my website, withindle.com. Understand. Simple to understand. Because one of the things that I have realized on this journey is that there's a lot of a lot of jargon that that's um, whether it's overly mystical jargon or over psychological jargon. I like to make the spiritual journey simple to understand, because when it's simple to understand, we can actually begin to apply the principles a lot faster, a lot smoother. So I see Natalie just joined us again. But anyhow. Again, lineorlando.com is where you can come and find information about me. And at the same time, I found it helpful because we are meant to help each other. We truly are here to help each other awaken. Everything that I learn, if I share it with you, if you take one piece from that, it's going to be wonderful. And you can share that with somebody else. We each touch people that nobody else can touch because we each have our own little circles that we connect with. So thank you so much for being here with us and aligning with our truth is remembering that we are truly magnificent because it's how we have been created. We don't make ourselves magnificent. The creator created us magnificent. Our work in awakening is the remembering of that so that we can let everybody else off the something outside of us to complete us and make us whole. It is all about being fully, authentically ourselves and then sharing that with the world. What a gift that, that yeah. becomes for everyone. So again, thank you for joining us. And I look forward to seeing you next week on Monday at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, noon, for another episode of Align with Lina. Thanks, and remember, we are magnificent. Bye-bye. Thank you, Natalia.